0: Uh, Turn to Romans chapter number 1, Romans in the New Testament chapter number 1, and while you're turning there, not only pray for Mrs. Nelligan, but as we've heard for Sue Beebe, I got a text from her about 6 o'clock this morning that her platelet count, blood platelet count is down to zero, and uh, there's nothing more the doctors can do for her. Uh, So it's in the Lord's hands now and in our prayers, so you keep her in your heart, way at the top of your heart now. Pray for Sue Beebe and Monique Lindsay with her chemo. Al Carey has got his port put in this week, so he'll be uh, starting chemo uh, soon, and so there are some folks really going through some stuff. And I know you have prayer requests too, and that's important, Uh, so... uh, we always have a list around here. You can write down things. We can pray one for another, um, but uh, especially for Sue uh, today and Monique. All right, Romans chapter number one. We just came back from countryside. Had a good time up there. Had a few visitors there for Sunday school. Just started a Sunday school this year, January. And now the later service at 10:30, which I'm not there for. And I saw some visitors come in coming in for that. So it's exciting, we got this uh, crazy idea uh, of this uh, winter recess DVBS uh, in Perrysburg, so we're going up there in the worst of the weather, and uh, I think we had like 60 kids last year uh, come out, they're bored, you know, they're home, they're not doing anything, so trying to reach them. Hope you'll be praying over that. I wish I could be at the Sweetheart Banquet, but my wife and I will be out in Bath, New York at their Sweetheart Banquet. I was asked to speak there before I knew what the date was of ours, so uh, I'll miss you, but we will we praying. and tell, tell Mike Serino I said hi, he's uh, the Christian owner of Rosalind's uh, Catering and a good brother in the Lord, so Romans 1 uh, and verse 14, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so... As much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I want you to notice verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We've been talking about power for a couple Sundays now. I want to continue that this week and next, the Lord willing. The last concern of Christ, by way of review, was that the church have power. We read that and studied that a couple times in Acts chapter 1. And verses 6 through 9, the apostles who were about ready just moments away from witnessing his ascension into heaven. Um, after his death and burial and resurrection, and about a 40-day ministry on earth, uh, Jesus was going to ascend into heaven. And uh, they wanted to know about prophecy. Prophecy. They wanted to know about the end times. They wanted to know if the Lord was going to restore the kingdom to Israel at that time. He said to them, I don't want you to focus on prophecy. I want you to focus on having power so that you can be witnesses unto me. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his hand. Now, we do study prophecy, I hope, for the right reason, and that is to motivate us to occupy and work till Jesus comes. I don't know if the Lord's coming in my day or not, but um, uh, there are a lot of things happening today that uh, no other generation has ever seen that produce the possibilities of fulfilled uh, prophecies and signs that are given in the Word of God, but... I don't know about that. I remember uh, when I was young, uh, getting saved. I got saved back in 1969, and I was attending a church in West Falls, and uh, I had a Sunday school teacher named Ed Knapp. Ed Knapp, what a wonderful blessing he was. Lived to be 92, went home to be with the Lord. He helped me so much in my very, very formative years. But I can remember as soon as I got saved, we started uh, studying, becoming kind of obsessed with prophecy, me and my brother George, we shared a bedroom. And uh, we were talking about that, and one day George posed the question to me, he said, do you think we'll ever get married before the rapture takes place? And with all of our knowledge about the Bible at that time, we both came to the conclusion, absolutely not. The Lord would return a long time before we ever got married. Well, both George and I have been married for 44 years, um, and uh, we weren't even close. But it was my Sunday school teacher who kind of, uh, you know, knocked the air out of me. Uh, I was talking to him about it. He says, Art, he says, don't worry about it. He says, I don't believe the Lord is going to come in my life. And so I have decided just to work and to serve the Lord till my last days and stay busy for him. And he did. He lived to be 92 years of age. That's a good way to live. That's a good way to live. Just, just keep serving the Lord. When he comes, he comes. You and I aren't going to figure it out. Uh, I know exactly when he's going to come because he told us, he says, in such a time as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. But uh, so he didn't want them to focus on prophecy in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. But then he said this in verse 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. And he said, I don't want you to think about prophecy. And and again, that's the Bible. We should study it. We should know what we believe, why we believe it, amen. Uh, The whole Bible. But you and I should be pursuing power We should be brutally honest with ourselves as men and women, young people, older people, and ask ourselves, do we exhibit the power of God in our lives? Have our lives been effectual? Uh, Have our lives been influential? How many people have been profoundly influenced maybe by our efforts to be witnesses? How many have been saved Maybe followed the Lord and been baptized or are now serving the Lord themselves. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, Jesus said, and you shall be witnesses. That's what the power is mainly for. So that we could be witnesses to a lost and dying world of the power of the gospel. And so we've been talking about sources of power available to you and to me to you and through you. The power is not given for us just so it can be to you, but so that it can flow through you and me. And so I want to have power in my life, the power of God, so that it can not only change me, because I'm, I'm a mess without his help. The only way I can become any more like Christ is if he does it, Um, as the preacher said so well yesterday in men's breakfast, that that you and I can't do a thing without the Lord. Uh, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You can do absolutely nothing without the Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. That's the opposite. With Christ's help, with God's help. That was last week's sermon, number one, God is a source that is available to you and through you. God can work in you, and then God can work through you to influence as many people, hopefully, as possible uh, before uh, we uh, die and take our last breath, or the rapture should uh, take place whenever that might be. But uh, So that was our, our first source last we got. God, he's all-powerful. He is omnipotent. As it says in Revelation 19, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. That means he's all-powerful. And there's not a, not, not a person in this room that has ever come close, not myself or you, of what that means to be all-powerful. Uh, because we are, we are so minimal in, in, in what we can do. We, can, we really can't do anything. So that was the first source of power, and we just want to encourage you to know God, to pursue power, and, and uh, make sure we get this in, in the Lord's order. He said to his disciples when he was about ready to ascend into heaven, he says, I don't want you to do a thing. Don't do a thing, but go back to Jerusalem, and tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. And then when you're endued with power from on high, then start your ministry. Now, I did it backwards. I don't know if it was my fault or nobody taught me about the power of God, but I got saved, and immediately I tried my hardest, because I was so glad to be saved, to live the Christian life. But the Christian life is impossible for anybody in this room to live. I mean, we can have a form of godliness. We talked about that last week. We can really dress up, look great, say the right words. We can have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof, 2 Timothy 3, verse 5 says. In fact, it says that's what religion is going to look like in the last days. If these are the last days, religion is going to be filled with people who have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And Jesus is the power. And denying means where we disregard the interests of someone else. The interests of Christ for you and me is that we have his power. When we disregard that, we say, I don't care what Christ wants for me. I want to do my own thing and just have a form of religion, church. Uh, that's the description. In fact, if the Laodicean church is a picture of the church in the last days, Jesus is on the outside of the church knocking. We use that as a soul winning verse, but it's not a soul winning verse in its context. It's Jesus on the outside of the church of the Laodiceans knocking and saying, If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. And so it looks like in the last days, it may get so bad, the church just says, Jesus, stay outside. We're doing fine with you. we got a wonderful form of godliness. And big music productions and ministries and everything's in order. And it should be in order, in organization. This is all review, but in Psalm 62, 11, it says, God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongs unto God. God is the one who controls the power that comes upon a person's life into them and through them. And some people are powerless because uh, they have not availed themselves of the sources of power, including God himself. In Matthew 10, and verse 1, it says this, he, God, gave them his apostles, his servants, power. He gave them power. Now that should motive, in fact, that statement's found, I think, four times in the New Testament. He gave them power. He gave them power. Why, we need it. You say, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. None of us are fine. We need God's power. And I tried living live in the Christian life my first 10, 11 years in, in Christ in my own power, in my own flesh, that'll fail you every time. And I tried, and and actually some pretty neat things happened in my youth, but I failed, I fizzled out, I backslid, and I got off into the army and I just quit church, quit the Bible, everything, I just gave up and I said it can't be done, I tried it. If anybody ever tried to live the Christian life as a teenager, I tried it. It can't be done. Well, God doesn't give up on us very easily. Amen? Praise the Lord. He was after me. He was dealing with me. He was chastening me and brought me back and had a missions conference in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I gave my life to the Lord, but with a caveat. I said, Lord, I rededicate my life to you. I know you're calling me to do something, but Lord, I tried this once. It didn't work. I tried living the Christian life once. It didn't work. What am I missing? And God answers us when we ask him, when we're humble, when we're searching. And it wasn't but for a year later. It was a whole year later before I went to another conference. That was a missions conference. This was a pastor's conference. I was a farmer. I don't know what I was doing there, but I went anywhere. And and, and the the theme for the five-day conference was meet the Holy Spirit. Meet the Holy Spirit. And I had met God the Father, I had met God the Son, I was quite familiar with them since I was saved, but I never knew the Holy Ghost. He was a mystery to me. He was a, But I met the Holy Spirit then, and, and brethren, I don't know what, what to tell you. My life's been different ever since. And I have been relying on His power uh, since I, that meeting, meeting the Holy Spirit in 1979. And uh, it has kept me upright. It has kept me vertical, spiritually speaking, for all these years since then. You do the math. As I cry out to God every day, Lord, give me your power. Give me the power I need to stand this day, today. Help me, Lord. I can't make it without you today. And relying on his power uh, has helped me. And uh, I'm certainly no great model of that or anything, but, but the Lord has helped me and done some things through me. Now, there's a couple more sources we'll get to, and then four next week that I think you'll find maybe a little different. That maybe you think, boy, I never thought about that one, or maybe I haven't thought about that one in a long time. But these two, before we have the Lord's Supper, you're very familiar with, and yet they're available to us, and they're available through us. And number two is the gospel. Number one is God. There's another power that's available to you and through you, and that is the gospel. That is the gospel. Notice it says here in verse 16, Romans 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. What does that mean? What is the power of God? How much power does God have? The gospel is available to us. And the gospel is available through us. First of all, A, the gospel is available to you. I don't care who you are or who you think you are. You can be saved. You can be saved. You can be a child of God. You can be born again. There is nobody uh, who who cannot be saved. Uh, Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he maketh intercessions for them. Hebrews 7, 25. He can save them to the uttermost. The gospel is, and and nobody is ever saved apart from the gospel. And the gospel has saved millions and millions and millions and millions of souls down through the year, maybe billions. I don't know how many have trusted in Jesus Christ as their savior in the last two millennia. But everyone got saved the same way by believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one else will be in heaven except those who have personally believed the gospel of Jesus Christ and found that it is the power of God and it was enough to save them and keep them saved forever and to transform their lives. We we had a man come to men's breakfast, the power of the gospel, uh, a couple months ago, two, three months ago. He was an atheist, came to men's breakfast. We have different preachers every month, different preachers. And that preacher just shared the simple gospel as he sat there, and it transformed his life. And he went in the, in the basement of our church from being an atheist to being a believer in Jesus Christ in just moments by its power, by the power of its message. And he came back yesterday, and I was talking to him yesterday, and I heard his testimony, and his testimony is real. And now he's reading the Bible and God's speaking to his heart and God's helping him through some hard things. That's the power of the gospel. I don't care what a person has done, who he is. I don't care, like Fanny Crosby said, the vilest offender who truly believes, that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Doesn't matter. I write to a man who's one of the most infamous criminals that there has ever been in our nation. And him and I are like pen pals. And what a transformation there has been in his life since he became a believer. And he went from a, a demon-possessed Satan worshiper reading the Satan, Satan's Bible uh, to a believer in Jesus Christ. And now he writes some of the most in-depth spiritual articles you, you could ever imagine. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how young a person is, four, five, six, if they believe They'll be saved. The power of the gospel, the power of the gospel can save you. Not one of you should ever think you're beyond redemption. Um, You're you're not beyond regeneration. The Lord can save you. Just get that out of your mind. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I remember my dad getting saved and the the transforming power, I saw my dad, of the gospel. And uh, he just went went from night to day Just said, something happened to dad. I don't know what it was. A year later, he took me and my brothers to a gospel preaching church where we heard the gospel. George and Dave and myself, we all got saved and it transformed us. Transformed us, helped us through some really hard times and set our feet upon a rock and enabled us All to serve the Lord since that time. What a transformation I've seen in our own family. And so the the gospel is a source of power that is available to you personally, but then through you. Some of you don't believe that God can use you to be a personal soul winner, and you're wrong. Because it's not you, it's the power of the gospel. How much power does the gospel have? It says here, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. What makes a man walk into a church as an atheist and a guy just gives up simple testimony of the gospel and walks out saved? The power of the gospel. What is that? The power of God. That's how powerful it is. That simple story. That simple story. I remember going to my high school after I got saved, I was 13, 14, I was over in Orchard Park High School, and immediately I started sharing the gospel with my friends, and so many of them are saved today. So many of them are serving the Lord today, and I I just learned this little gospel presentation on how to get people to believe Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again, And Jesus is Lord, and and not just believe, but receive. Would you like to pray and ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life right now and be your Savior? And I I did that with so many of my classmates who are now serving the Lord. I've had Christian families. Some of them are in the the ministry. And like I said, in in those days, I was trying to do things in my own flesh. But, But it's not you that saves the believing sinner. It's the power of the gospel. David Brainerd, he only lived to be 29 years old, but he's considered one of the greatest missionaries that the northeastern part of the United States ever had. He died when he was 29, but he had such a burden for the Indians, the Native Americans in, 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 in uh, the, uh, the northeast, uh, that he went to them as a young man in his 20s and shared with them the gospel, and, uh, but he couldn't speak their language and there were times he, he knew one Native American that could uh, translate for him from English into the, the languages. And, and that, that particular Native American was always drunk. And he said there was times where he literally had to prop him up against something. And he would tell the, the drunken uh, Native American what to say. And then he would translate it. And people would get saved by the hundreds and hundreds why because it's not the mouthpiece it's the gospel it's the story that christ died for our sins and was buried and rose again according to the scriptures that's a powerful story it's a powerful it's the power of god what is you just have to believe and 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 it's a story that's so simple anyone here could tell it anyone here could tell the, the gospel story I was telling you about the couple and back at Christmas. I got to lead to Christ, and they're there this morning again. At uh, the countryside, they're just growing and beaming. You can see that their lives have been transformed. And uh, uh, the, uh, so many testimonies, it's not you. It's not you how many souls you want. You never want a soul to Christ in your life. It's the Lord. It's the power of the gospel. You know what power is? It's like invisible, but when it's when it's released, it's... And you can't see, as you're speaking, you, you can't see it. I remember uh, Curtis Hudson going into a grocery store one time, the evangelist, and and uh, he was sure God wanted him to speak to a, a particular guy that was stocking shells. And he went up to him and he said, uh, young man, could I ask you a question? You know for sure if you die today, you'd go to heaven or something you got some doubts about or you ever think about that or wonder about it? And the guy's like, just like, what are you bothering me for? I'm working. But he felt impressed. He felt impressed to continue the story. And the guy did nothing with it and he left the store. The, The evangelist left the store and nothing happened. And uh, he said, Lord, I, I was sure your Holy Spirit wanted me to, to share the gospel with that guy, and nothing happened. I, I don't quite understand it. That was a Saturday. The next day he went to church. He was a pastor at the time. And uh, another guy came in the store and, and told, uh, he got to talking to him after church, and the guy said he got saved yesterday. And uh, I said, oh, that's wonderful. Tell me about it. He says, well, I was in the grocery store. He says, and there was some guy talking to to somebody in the aisle, and I was in the next aisle over, and I heard what he was saying. I believed on Jesus Christ as my Savior and came to the church today. And, uh, see, he heard the gospel. The gospel is the power of God, the power of God, and you can share it with people. You can share it with people. I can share it with people. And we we don't understand how it works so powerfully in somebody's life, but that's not for us. I didn't understand how a grenade worked, but I threw one once as a part of basic training down at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. That was a fun day. <laughs> they had a concrete wall about the size of this pulpit and about that thick, kind of in a little semicircle like this altar. And they took us in there one trainee at a time and a drill sergeant with a box of grenades. And you hold that box, that grenade in your hand. Looks like a little pineapple. And you don't understand how much power is in that. And the drill sergeant said, now what you got to do is you got to throw it like this. You don't want to go like this. You know, and drop it behind you. That's what he was there for. It was just one motion, straight. And you thumb the clip, and you twist and pull the pin. And there's a release lever on there that you hold with your other thumb. You better. (laughs) And when you throw that grenade, that lever flies off, and it activates the power in that grenade, and the timer. Now, as you're holding that thing in your hand, you say, there's no power in that. No power in that. So it was my turn. I felt, can you imagine having that job, being that drill sergeant, helping all these trainees throw a grenade? What do you do for a living? Boy, I tell you, I hope, I don't know if he's married or not, but I hope he didn't tell his wife what he did for a living. But um, he, uh, so I was there, and I said, i got to see this. And so he says, okay, go ahead. So I thumbed the clip. Twist, pull the pin out. Now, it's, now the thing is, there's potential there. Still got the, the lever. I forget the name of the lever, but that flies off. That falls off as soon as you throw it, and it activates the grenade. And so I, I threw that thing. I had a good arm. I threw the thing as far as I could. And I'm standing there looking at it, and he, he I don't know, what he, he swore at me or something. He grabbed my head like this and yanked me down underneath the concrete so I couldn't see. And that thing hit the ground. I thought I blew up the world. <laughs> that, the whole earth shook. And mud and debris just came flying straight over that concrete wall where we, were, where we were hiding. And I didn't get to see it hit or explode. I got to see some others when we went way over. I said, that was power. That was power. But you can't see it. You can't say, well, there's power in that. No, you just got to believe. You got to believe and you got to thumb the clip, twist and pull the pin and then throw the thing. Man, those things had power. I don't know who invented that thing. Wow. That's the same thing with the gospel. You might not know this simple story we hear every single Sunday at our church. So many people have never heard it, never heard it. But some of you are soul winners and you have seen people come under the power of the Holy Ghost. Some of you are not soul winners, but you can be. And you can see people saved. Yes, you. Yes, you. Because it's not you. It's the grenade. It's the grenade. And uh, God just needs a voice. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. We can't hide our gospel. But you've got to go out by faith. By faith. Whether you're visiting or you're talking to some relative, somebody at work, somebody at school, you've got to just have faith that it's not you. It's not you. It's the power of the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. And so it has power. It's a source available for you. You can be saved. You can be saved this morning. But it's also a power through you that you can take a whole bunch of people to heaven with you. Doesn't matter. I'm talking about women, girls. I don't care who you are. You share the gospel. Men, you say, well, I'm not very good with words. That's not what God's looking for. He's just looking for somebody to share the gospel with them. And people will get saved in that. What I just described has happened millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions millions of times. Over the last 2,000 years. In closing, turn to John 17. Well, I'm going to have one more verse after that, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper. John 17 will be our second last text. Jesus is praying. Wouldn't you like to have Jesus praying for you? Did you know that's all he does right now? He ever liveth to make intercession for us. I'm not saying that's all he does, but look at verse 20. This is his prayer. John 17 is the Lord's prayer where he's praying for us. And part of his prayer in verse 20 is this. Neither pray I for these alone. I'm not just praying for these 12 guys that I have in this upper room right now. But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. See that? Through their word, people are going to believe on me. And through your word, people are going to believe on Jesus Christ it's the gospel, the power of God and the salvation now I want to encourage you to get in on this and let's close now this will be our last verse, Daniel chapter 12 in the Old Testament we're talking about earlier about the last days maybe these are the last days, there's a lot of prophecies about the last days and signs about the last days, on purpose God wants us to know them so we'll be awake so that that day does not catch us unawares so that we'll be occupying until Jesus comes. I'm not retired. I'm a retired pastor, but I'm not retired as a Christian. I'm still trying to share the gospel with people. But notice about the last days as Daniel describes for us the last days or the time of the end. Beginning at verse 4. Daniel chapter number 12 and verse number 4. But thou, O Daniel shut up the words, and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Now, the fact that we understand Daniel, I believe, is an indicator that we're getting close to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, that's travel, and knowledge shall be increased. That's all of our computers and all that. Uh, I'm going to skip a little bit here. Okay, let's go to verse 9. And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Now notice about the time of the end and between Daniel's words and now. Many shall be purified and made white. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Go back to verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. It is possible to turn many to righteousness. They that be wise. The book of Proverbs says he that win his souls is wise. In the last days, it says, many will be turned to righteousness, verse 3. Verse 10 says, many shall be purified and made white. So I want to close by saying this to you, get in on that. Get in on that. If God promises that till the time of the end, many shall be purified and made white, get in on that. Many shall be turned unto righteousness. Don't go through life saying, say, oh, well, nobody will listen. No, that's not what the Bible says. And I believe I could show you prophetically that the greatest revival and harvest of saving souls on this earth is still yet in the future. And you can get in on this. You can get in on what Daniel's talking about. Many shall be purified and made white. Many. Take that by faith. Into your life and say, Lord, I'm going to be a soul winner. I'm going to use the gospel. The gospel that saved me, which was available to me, is now going to go through me, and I'm going to see other people saved. See other people saved. Another guy got saved a couple weeks ago. I got to talked to him, and he was back men's breakfast yesterday. And the gospel still works. It's not me. It's not you. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. And we have the promise there will be a harvest in the last days. A harvest. I think the devil has fooled the body of Christ by saying, oh, the last days are going to get so bad, there's no sense even talking to anybody. That's not what the Bible says. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what the Bible says. Let's start talking to people. Shall we bow our heads and close our eyes in order word of prayers? Pastor Barron comes. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. What about you? Have you received the gospel? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? And received Him as your Savior. That's all it says in John 1.12. Believe and receive. Believe what? That Jesus is Lord. God Himself in the flesh. And that He died in your place and my place for our sins on the cross as our sacrifice. As our substitute. He died for you. So you wouldn't have to die and pay the wages of sin. He paid them for you. He who knew no sin was made sin for us that we through him might be made the righteousness of God. Jesus paid it all. He poured out his blood on Calvary's cross to redeem you from all your sins and iniquities in me. I received when I was 12 years old. Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe he was buried and he rose again? And have you ever received him as your Savior? If not right now in the quietness of this moment before we have the Lord's Supper, Right where you're sitting, I want you to talk to God. Not just recite a prayer, but I mean talk to God. And say, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to be my Savior, to come into my heart, to give me the gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying in my place on the cross at Calvary. Thank you for pouring out your blood as the payment to redeem my soul. I believe in your resurrection that you're alive forevermore. Have mercy on me, forgive me. Please save me, I pray. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. As our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. We'll have the Lord's Supper in a moment. I wonder if there's any or some that would raise your hand right now and say, God knows my heart. I just ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my life and be my Savior. Well, you prayed, I prayed, I prayed to God, and I meant it, and He knows I meant it. I've asked the Lord to be my Savior today, just now. Would you just raise your hand up real quick and take it down say, God knows my heart. I've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be my personal Savior this morning. Raise your hand up and take it down. Our Father, thank You for Your Word. I want to pray then for those that are believers in Christ to, to use this power To believe it, not everyone will believe it, but some will. And we can't be judging people and saying they won't get saved Mm -hmm. when you can save anybody. And so, Lord, thank you for what you've even done amongst us recently. But, Lord, we pray for so much more. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.